This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. You need to get a notepad ready for this podcast today. This is one which will resonate with every single listener, whether you're a leader of a recruitment company, whether you're a business owner like me, where it's a small, lovely boutique team or whether you're a recruiter in your first year or 15th year. The topic today is about when you lose your mojo. And Claire Ackers is a phenomenal force in the recruitment industry, having been in the recruitment industry, high performer, launching her own business. She realized that one of her key strengths was helping true recruiters find their authentic voice. And she now runs a business called Odessa, And she is just mind-blowingly valuable to you. So when I say get a pen and paper ready, towards the end of the podcast, she will be giving each and every one of you a four-step process in how to overcome your limiting beliefs and how to ensure that if you lose your mojo, which you are bound to do at some point in your career, if it's not today, it might be in a year, or maybe you know somebody that is feeling quite disconnected and feeling like they've lost their mojo. We cover it off for leaders, we cover it off for recruiters, and we talk about what the pillars are for success in life through daily habits. We do delve quite a bit into Claire's personal background, the fact that she's also a fellow sober follower like myself. She joined the sobriety world in 2020. And so for anyone listening that's also gone on a sober journey, I think a lot of what she says will really resonate with you. And don't worry, we're not getting all preachy about it. So without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm a little bit awestruck today because my next guest is somebody that I've been following on LinkedIn for quite some time and we actually almost met at the Recruitment Agency Expo it turns out in October 2022 but we didn't quite make it because I think we were both on our way to different seminars but I'm finally able to introduce to our wonderful community today um, somebody that I'm hoping you will recognise. This is Claire Ackers and she's the founder of Odessa. She's also a fellow podcast host, which I'm hoping she'll tell us all about today, as well as being a chair for Lean in Leeds as well. So just all round amazing human being, mum of three as well. Welcome to today, Claire. How are you? I'm awesome. Honestly, I've been so excited about sitting down with you. I cannot wait to hear what comes out of our mouths during this conversation. I'm sure it's going to be interesting, if nothing else. And Absolutely. I was gutted I uh, missed meeting you at the expo, but let's meet up and go for a walk soon. I definitely, well, given that we're literally up the road from each other and we've been finding out off camera that we've got all sorts of interweaving connections, which I think kind of sums up. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. It is, absolutely. And I think it kind of sums up life that you're always one degree removed from somebody else. So for those Mm. who somehow don't know who you are, but give us an intro as to who you are and what you do. Of course. So um, my name is Claire Ackers. My company is called um, Adesse. 
which comes from the Latin phrase, a posse, a desse, which is from possibility into reality. And that's my kind of philosophy, really. So I call myself um, an authenticity and uh, recruitment performance coach. And what that basically means is that I help values-led recruiters know who they are and what they stand for and then have the courage to live that every day so they can grow more impactful companies and have more income. I love absolutely love that. I mean, anything that's to do with originality, authenticity, and actually achieving your full potential through performance with people like yourself is just that's what it's all about. How did that come about? What did you do before? Well, um, so if you cast your mind back to 2005, I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> And, why um, haven't you sung it you should have sung that I think that's well, some background music on that's going to be everybody's earworm now so sorry about that folks um and I was writing up my master's thesis a very very academic background and an old bartender that I used to work with came in the bar and he had this sharp suit on and I said Chris where are we, where are you working now and he said I've just joined this startup recruitment firm you should come for an interview and we're what 17 18 years later wow. from that now and that was my first foray into recruitment um, and I was working for a startup back then and it was it was a baptism of fire it was sure. yellow pages LinkedIn was just starting all that kind of stuff but in that environment you had to get very good very quickly you mm. had to get out basically and it, mm. it was tough being a girl in that environment I'll just say it mm. um, and I, I did really well in my first years I was a um, I was promoted I was a manager I was an award-winning biller setting records which I think touching some wood um still hold today but I I was on the the verge of burnout you know really really struggling I was coming Mm. in on Sunday evenings um uh, working over Christmas holidays all that kind of stuff because I was so desperate to impress and perform Mm. and we had a coach that was brought into the business to kind of sort me and a few of the other high performers out and I thought I had my first epiphany which was wow this is a job this is what I want to do um, fast forward a few years, I was a performance coach for, you know, kind of employed for big footsie mm. 250 mm. recruitment companies who I won't name, um, but I'm sure you can kind of guess mm. along the lines I mean. Um, and I'd set up my own recruitment company um, from a shed quarters in my back garden when I was on maternity <laughs> leave with my second child. And I grew that to a team of seven. So I was doing pretty well. I was doing really well on paper. My husband had actually quit his big corporate job with all the benefits and the security come and work with wow. me, with me, for me. We never quite worked out the hierarchy, <laughs> um, but we managed to have another child along the way. So it couldn't have been mm, more bad. No. <laughs> um, and then I had my second epiphany, which was this is somebody else's version of success. Mm, interesting. Look, look great on paper. I was mm. being invited on the BBC as a careers expert you know all this kind of stuff but it was somebody else's version of success Mm. and that was my second epiphany I thought I need to I need to follow my heart Mm. and that's when I went all in on my coaching business and Mm. I'm really really pleased to say that's what I get to do now is is just help other recruiters be more authentic so they can grow values-led companies and just have more fun and change more lives in the industry Oh, absolutely. God, there's so many things there that you're just echoing everything that I stand for in terms of values, which I think is why you and I have really connected on social. Definitely. But it's, it's nice definitely. to do it in, re- in sort of real life, but we'll do it in real life. We'll, we'll definitely get some photos out there yeah. when we meet up in Leeds sometime. But just want to pick up on a couple of things there, because I think the feedback that we get from people that listen, which, you know, we're so grateful for you taking time to listen to this show, is that it, it tends to be twofold people that are in their recruitment career in early, early stages trying to, you know, use all the advice 
from all the leaders across the globe, but also leaders who are, you know, hoping to, you know, maybe plagiarize some great ideas, you know, see what's going out in the industry, what other sectors are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think what you just said there will really stand out that you're living someone else's success. And I think just stop and pause and think while you listen to what Claire said there, because I think that's where true authenticity comes from that, you know, we are in this fishbowl because of social media. I think, you know, you and I've been doing this a very long time where it has transformed from, you know, you could, you could do, you could be successful and then go home and turn everything off. And that you just thought, well, I'm successful in my own life. But because of the world that we live in, it's this constant comparison to what success looks like. And I think that will really resonate with people that actually to truly be authentic, i.e. be your real self, you've got to turn all that off somehow and think, what is my epiphany? What is, what is my real purpose? And I, I, I applaud anyone that truly can do that. And you did. And I'm so brave of you today. What happened to your recruitment business? Uh, just just retired it right just um just just wound it down but um I'm, 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 it, it served its purpose it's all part of the journey isn't it of course I mean, it is the, the way that I describe it is that I grew up with a very um emotionally distant traditional values father and I didn't mm. realize till the age of 30 that I was allowed my own opinions mm. so I drifted into my degree subject drifted into my career I drifted into divorce before I was 30 so I describe the first three decades of my life as, as just kind of being rudderless, mm. of, of definitely not being authentic. Then between the ages of 30 and 40, um, mm. I describe as my authenticity journey, waking mm. up, um, going sober, which we can touch on if, if your listeners would be interested in that, um, going no contact with my parents for many, uh, many different reasons, but um, essentially emotional abuse of my son. I decided that the, the, to set a boundary around not letting patterns repeat themselves. Um, and then I turned 14. It's like I give zero fucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> to anyone that's listening that actually knows Leisha Holmes, the real person, <laughs> this is my soul sister. Everything that you've said, except you had your emotional journey into authenticity a, a decade earlier. I didn't start mine until I was 40. So you're a decade ahead, but we'll talk about this definitely off camera. You and I are absolutely going for lunch, watching it here yeah. first. Folks. Because I grew up in a very traditional, you know, and, and I won't go into detail, but with my dad, I've made similar choices in terms of limited emotional contact with my children. And I'm also sober. How many years are you? Um, so I, I decided to go sober after Malbec May in Deepest Darkest Lockdown. <laughs> Malbec May even has a name. Malbec wow. May. Yeah, it got to the point where I needed to make a choice. Mm. I either sank into wine and that's the way I cope with lockdown, or mm. I got busy and drew a line under it and thought, okay, how do I how do I thrive in this? Mm. And I chose me. And wow. since then, I've got my nose pierced. I've started running marathons. Can I just say I also got my nose pierced? <laughs> I'm not I know you're a runner. You're a, you just did the Manchester Marathon, didn't you? I, well, I did the London one, but the it was London virtual. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing respect to you so you're two you were two years in may yes good for you best thing ever did so go why so it's all part of the um not realizing was allowed in opinions i used alcohol and you know all the other Mm. things that you do when you're in your early 20s in recruitment and you've got too much money and too much pressure Mm. um i used that as a way of fitting in feeling like I belonged yep. feeling like I was acceptable of yep. coping with the stress and the pressure that I was putting yep. myself under yep. alcohol for me was a coping mechanism mm-hmm. yeah and it's and when I stopped I don't know if you found the same thing all the feelings came rushing up yeah and I had a lot of shit to deal with mm. 
Yep. I was like, bring it on. This is the good stuff. It felt cathartic actually yep. having all that stuff. There's, there's a word that a lot of sober people use, which I don't think anyone can really truly understand unless they've done a sober journey themselves, which is clarity. And yes. it's, and I think for me, I, I moderated for 10 months when I stopped drinking and it, the reason that I didn't step over into sobriety was, was, is I was fucking scared about what that would actually feel like. And I think what oh, you're petrifying. saying, it's petrifying because you are absolutely at one with your feelings, your fears, your anxieties. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere, Nowhere to, to hide. hide. But when you've pushed through that and come through the other side, everything that you experience in life, physically, emotionally, you know, psychologically, you really feel. And that's that, again, I think gives you so much credibility about sharing authenticity with the people that you coach, because I don't truly think you can be authentic in who you are if you are masking your feelings with alcohol, drugs, or whatever it is that you're using as a coping strategy. And it really resonates with me that because that's what I did I was miserable in my relationships from eight I met my first boyfriend at 17 and I went sober when my second husband and I split up that I I made the choice I was either going to be the gin mother because I was downing gin like it was water or I decided to be the one in control of my feelings so and that's when I realized that the what's that 25 year relationship with alcohol was purely centered around what you've just said the, the the fact that I wanted to fit in I wanted to mask how I truly felt about my entire life and it's like an epiphany beyond all so I didn't know that we were going to talk about that that's not even the topic today but the fact that we are covering such a an array of subjects shows what an immense an immensely valuable person you are for anybody listening you know you've got I mean, so much to offer I'm, I'm very happy to share it. I'm always mindful of veering into smugness because yeah. nobody wants a smug no. sober person. No. It's no. not about that. It's about no. offering. It's a real problem in the industry. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who use alcohol yeah. as a way of escaping. And yeah. this is the real one for me, ignoring their intuition that something's yeah. not right. Totally. Oh my gosh. I mean, absolutely. And I'm not, I'll always say whenever I share anything on my own sobriety journey, because it's my story to share, I'm not evangelical about it. And I don't sit there waxing lyrical with anyone. My, my own teenage daughters, I, I will buy them alcohol if they ask me to. Although ironically, it's a, the, the reverse psychology. They actually don't drink very much. They choose not to drink because they have that example in the house, but we're going off totally off on a tangent. But I appreciate what you're saying there that this is about, you know, within our industry, within our both of our communities, hopefully, who are, who are still listening, we are not saying that, you know, you shouldn't be drinking, but there, there is a very firm correlation between the alcohol abuse in our industry and those that feel trapped by it. They feel forced into lunch clubs. And I think the narrative is changing. I don't know if you're seeing the same, but a lot of companies are really trying to focus more on well-being and being inclusive to those who don't want to drink alcohol. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's shifting. It doesn't need to be alcohol either that the mask with, you know, it could be food. It could be yeah. sex. Can we say sex? Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. All sorts of the, the yeah. full gamut of yeah. self-destructive behavior. Yeah. It's just yeah. about being an understanding. Yeah. And, 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 you know, hopefully one person will listen to this and go, Oh my God, yeah. that's totally me. And that for me is why I share this stuff. And that for me is why I do this podcast for that one, for that one message that I get, usually every time we share a new podcast, I'll get one message and it literally makes me want to cry with 
you know, gratefulness that they've chosen to listen with joy that we've actually touched somebody. So thank you, Claire. I really appreciate it. But I do want to bring on to the topic because the <laughs> fact that you and I have this in abundance means that we can share the, well, I think the fact that you've been quite vulnerable there with your own personal journey. I'm really pleased that we did that. When we talk about this topic now is that you have been there where you've lost it. So we're talking about your mojo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening who will be absolutely flying in the market as we record this now as we head towards the end of 2022 for most recruiters in most markets you've probably had a bumpy year so you probably are going to listen to this going well I haven't lost my mojo I'm feeling great but there will be some who will have lost their mojo so I want when you're coaching your clients how does somebody listening to this who's lost their mojo first of all what does losing your mojo feel like how does somebody know that they've lost it and then I want you to help us help them get it back okay so I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company Hoxo Media are doing about it there's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter personal branding building an online presence finding new and innovative ways to engage the market whatever your market is it's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Yeah, so absolutely. It's a massive problem and it's not going to go away, is it? Um, so I guess the first way you might realise that you've lost your mojo is that um, you are masking with alcohol or food or whatever. Mm. Uh, another way might be that you're just feeling a bit disconnected. Mm. You're feeling a little bit flat, that you can't quite be bothered. Um, the highs don't touch you as much, but the lows don't touch you either. You're kind of feeling a bit numb to mm. the whole thing. Um, and it's just, a, it's, it's basically your subconscious's way, subconscious, gosh, your subconsciousness is way, that's a tough one, it is. of distracting you. Mm. You can't deal with the, the scary stuff, the fact that you actually might need to step out your, some, outside your comfort zone and make some changes. Right. That's all loss of mojo is. All your brain is ever trying to do mm. keep you safe. Um, and so... We are being bombarded with negativity at the moment. So the first thing I want to advise people to do is set some boundaries. Okay. Be really intentional. I'm not saying close yourself off to the world and become um, 
you know, you've got no idea what's going on in the world because that's important, but be intentional about how you consume that. Mm. So for me, that is understanding news through the filter of comedy. I get my news from have I got no news for you? Yeah. Or from the last leg. Because Oh it, yeah, definitely. It's consuming it in a way that just kind of it's through that lens of comedy. It's not quite as mm. um doom and gloom, if I dare say. Um turn alerts off on your phone so you're not getting it constantly. Like I had an alert on my computer the other day it said breaking news. I didn't put that on. No, I don't need terrible. to know that when I'm, no. when I'm busy. No. Um, so maybe allow yourself an hour a day to read the news if, yep. if, if you want to stay informed. Um, so once you've realized that you are, you maybe have lost your major a little bit. The next step is to connect with who you are and why you're doing this. Okay. Um, and what that actually means is that you understand the difference that you get to make in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. recruitment has a problem as an industry in that we are um externally focused you know if you think about rookies and how they're trained it's all it's all lunch clubs as you said it's bells mm. um it's applause it's instant cash prizes and you are only as good as your last deal and if you're kind of focusing and i think that that kind of golden thread follows us through no matter how senior we are and if you're focusing on that external recognition that need for external validation um, then if that's not there for whatever reason, or you're having a bit of a bumpy ride, then you're going to come back to earth with a bump, mm. basically. And you've got to have some strategies in place to deal with that. Mm. So that is about understanding your why, um, understanding the vision um, of why you were doing this, the difference that you can make in the world with recruitment. Mm. Um, people say recruiters, recruiters come under a lot of fire for being money motivated. Mm. I think I think that's great. I think money is great. And I think that a lot of people beat themselves up because they have lots of money stories and narrative around money that means that they don't want to be seen as greedy or mm. you're not a good girl for talking about your salary or how much commission you're making. I actually say go all in on that, mm. but connect it to your personal mission and, and the difference that you get to make in the world with that money. Mm. Can I just pause there? Because mm. I think uh, everything that you've said there, I totally resonate. And, you know, let's, we're not being vulgar, but this is a very lucrative do- job to do. And I've always maintained that you have to be driven, you have to have a purpose for why you're doing it. But leaders of these people, i.e., those listening that are running teams, you need to understand your people's why. And that needs to be communicated because if you're saying there that, you know, the lunch clubs and the, you know, the ringing the bells and the league tables on the board, whatever it might be, but actually if they're not connecting the dots back, whether it, or presumably we're talking directly, direct managers here, you need to understand what, what is making, you know, Joe in the corner there actually, why, why has he lost his mojo? He's lost his mojo because this has happened. So I think it's communication, isn't it? That that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing that leaders can do to support <clears throat> their people is be vulnerable and brave themselves. Mm. We will come back to leaders, don't worry, guys. But I think I just wanted to pick up on that particular thing, because for me, if I was listening to this as that recruiter that maybe has lost their mojo, I would encourage you in your next personal development meeting, one-to-one, catch up, whatever it might be, is to articulate that to your manager, because they might not realise that you're not getting the whether it's feedback, some sort of recognition verbally, constructive comments on a call that you've made, there'll be lots of different ways that you may be seeking that, but they, they're they not mind readers. You need to communicate that upwards to your leader or to your mentor, whoever it might be. Absolutely. And be mm. Absolutely. And take the time to work it out yourself if you don't know. Yeah, because a lot definitely. of people get to a certain 
get to a certain seniority mm. in the career and haven't actually taken the time to think well why am I actually doing this mm. is it for my own lifestyle do you yeah. know do I want to help yeah. volunteer projects do I want to have a, a foundation for a school in Africa you know whatever it is for you it doesn't matter what it is it's got to be honest and it's got to be true yeah I love um, that. Which, and then which... it's so much easier to make the money of course it is it, these are all things and we'll come on to this in terms of pillars for success these are all things all these minutiae that you might be starting thinking over oh, well, this is all you know dismissing it but actually it's really important because it's these men, the, the these behaviors and understanding who you are that allow you to achieve the success so what what would you say the pillars for success would be in terms of ensuring that a recruiter has their mojo we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincheri, the recruitment operating system. Vincheri is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach, all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri, because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat so we're taught about how to have a positive mental attitude mm. and how to bounce back after mm. good after bad news mm. um and how to have resilience and tenacity and all i was about to stuff. say that yeah and it's all about pushing mm. and pushing through those barriers and, and and hitting your targets no matter what you know pulling it from somewhere um I actually believe that we need to flip it around a bit and go inward first. Mm. It's about getting quiet. Mm. It's about listening to that inner whisper about what's going on for you and what your values are and why that's important. Mm. Um, and consistency for me is all about knowing yourself. So knowing that vision and making sure that that vision is greater than that fear. That's the best way to get over mm. lack of mojo. Your vision being greater than your fear, knowing that impact and that mission that you want to have in the world. And knowing your values and for value for me is just basically that's something that you hold dear and being mm. honest about what that actually means to you rather than what you think you should be mm. doing um and also not just what your values are but what what the definition of that is like what does that mean in terms of your behavior what does that mean in terms of how you pick up the phone of how you communicate with people how you deliver the offers mm. how honest you are with clients and candidates mm. um and just just having the freedom to, to, to be who you are basically mm. and then the best tip I've got is it's kind of a new version of KPIs really I know that KPIs get a, a bad rap mm. but they are key performance indicators for a reason and for me it's golden daily habits that work for you that's how we achieve self-mastery yeah um the daily habits that allow you to show up as the best version of yourself now for me the game changer was when I discovered the 5am club all right okay um so if anybody uh, has not heard of that it's a book um 
by Robin Sharma, 5am club. And I would recommend... I think I've got it on my bookshelf, but I'm not going to run over and get it. Yeah. But I think I've got it over there. Well, I I lent mine to my neighbour, otherwise I'd grab my copy. And I would suggest reading that alongside James Clear's um, Atomic Atomic Habits. The two Mm -hmm. of them are brilliant. Mm -hmm. And what it basically says is that you own your morning, elevate your life. Um, So what I do now is I get up at 5am, I do 20 minutes of yoga, I do 20 minutes of meditation, I do 20 minutes of strategy. So by the time my, th- my three kids get up, I've had my me time and I am bursting with ideas and creativity and I know what my focus is for the day. Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit scared I'm veering into smugness there. The point is, is that you can, you can pick whatever daily habits work for you. Absolutely. And I think that's a caveat, isn't it? I actually shared something on social recently because somebody commented and said, how do you manage to fit all your steps in and fit everything in? And I said, my, my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. And I then do yoga for 15 minutes. And I'm only a new yoga convert this year, actually. And I'm, I wish I'd done it much younger in life. So if you're listening now, get on to yoga because it's wonderful. Uh, then I do a hit and then I get myself ready. I do it slightly different to you. And then I, I go out with my headphones on to listen to a podcast. That's when my creativity just flows. And I am that person sending myself messages while I'm thinking, writing my ideas down in notes. And by the time I get back home for 7 a.m., which is usually when the my phone starts going with candidates or clients that's a that's a sensible time to start messaging people I've already had two hours to myself no one's asking anything of me now you know I'm not being smug you're not being smug that works for me but whether you get up at 6am 5am it's actually using these habits to set yourself up for your entire day I'm calm are you calm I'm calm every morning yeah you know there's no rushing around there's no missing those bits out it's discipline every day isn't it yeah, and I'm excited about where I'm going because I've got oh, that love quality. That. Love um, it. And I'm, I'm reconnecting with what makes me me every day. And it is so much easier to do the hard stuff at work when I've got that that connection. I love that. It's so, so honestly, go, so those, what we'll do is when we share this podcast, we'll make sure we've got links to those books if we can. Uh, obviously, we don't get any commission for it. Now, you and I both have similar client base and I'm not going to share any particular names here, but there are plenty of my clients who have shared you know over the years with me and and in recent times because of the negative narrative in the media that they've lost their mojo and it's I think personally I think it might be harder for leaders to try and rediscover their mojo when they've still got a ship to run Mm -hmm. they can't jump ship really and go and get a new job for example if that's because a lot of what you were saying before you know maybe you could change the dynamics if your values are not matching your current employer as a recruiter but if you're running a company it's your business how do leaders get their mojo back well I love that point that you just said that they can't jump ship and go somewhere else because that is the typical behavior isn't it but that shit's just gonna follow them (laughs) exactly (laughs) so you you, got to do the work to 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 get over it so I want to be I want to I want this this question how I answer this question to be really really practical Um, so this is the technique that I would use with somebody exactly in that situation a leader who doesn't want anybody to find out that they are struggling themselves. This is what I would do with them. So there's, there's, a, there's a four step question technique I want to want to teach the, the audience. Okay, great. So this is basically how you work through your limiting beliefs and get your mojo back. So number one is asking yourself, what am I making this mean? So you're getting really, really honest with yourself about the story, the narrative that you're attaching to the situation. So say, say it is, um, I can't bill anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I've lost my magic. I'm not going to do any more deals. Everyone's going to find out that this, you know, imposter syndrome is creeping mm-hmm. in basically. Mm-hmm. So that's the scenario. So you're being really, really honest about what that's making this mean. Now, if we had more time, we would trace it back to your origin story, which is basically your own um, brand of imposter, your own brand of limiting belief that formed between the ages of five and seven. Everybody has one. It always shows up in times of stress. Mm-hmm. That is where the magic is in working out the origin story and tracing those breadcrumbs through into how it's showing up into your daily life. So then question two is about, um, is it honest? Asking yourself, is it honest I'm feeling like this? And this is really important. This is where recruiters are crap. Because it's always honest. How we are feeling is always honest. Typically, what recruiters do is squish down those feelings or Mm. bury them with alcohol or Mm. try and ignore them in in some way until Mm. it kind of bursts out in weird and wonderful ways that aren't necessarily career Mm. enhancing. We've all seen recruiters who flipped the leads and walked out. Mm. I'm sure we can tell some horror stories. Yeah. So is it honest? You've got to have some techniques that allow you to allow let those feelings move through your body okay. so whether it's shaking the emotions off whether it's going for a run whether it's yoga whether it's dancing like a loon to 90s boy bands whatever it is you've got to have some techniques at your disposal okay. helpful ones ideally not than doing a shot at lunchtime mm-hmm. to help move through those techniques yeah that's question two okay question three is it true is it true that you've completely lost your mojo and you're never going to make any money again um so what we are looking for is the kernel of truth under those layers and layers of narrative that we build up. Okay. And there'll always be a kernel of truth. Mm. So it might be, I've had a run of bad luck this month. Mm. Yeah. That, that's the truth. Yeah. You, know, you, you, can, you can quantify it, you can look at it. But then the next question is, number four, is it helping you get where you want to go, believing that you've lost your mojo? No, it's not. No. Okay, so what do I get to choose instead? Okay. So it might be... Um, I have all the tools and techniques and the experience and the track record behind me to pick things up again. It might be, I've got a great team behind me and I've worked hard on this. So it's okay if I blank this month because I've got a great team around me. You've just got to choose a new empowering belief that is in line with the vision of where you're trying to go to. Wow, okay. And then you get to choose differently. So if I believe this 100% down to my core, this new empowering belief, how would I show up? How would I ash? What would my self-talk be? how could I inspire people around me um, to, 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 to work with in line with this new belief? And then you just get to show up as the highest version of yourself and it just changes the energy. Before you know it, you'll be back. Do you get people reluctantly coming to you for this or do people t- generally want to get to number four? By the time they come to me, they know something's wrong. They just don't have yeah. the strategies to, to do it. I love it. You've just given us such a valuable step-by-step process for anybody not just leaders actually but anybody Claire thank you so much for sharing that with us I mean how many people are going to play that little bit little part back so that's wonderful lots of hope yeah they will let me know it's really yeah I was going to say when we share this on LinkedIn we want you to write in comments if you really took that on board but we also appreciate that that might be something where you don't want to talk about it publicly but drop Claire a message connect to her drop her a message and you know thank her for for value but also show us how you went through that journey because I think you know it's little tweaks isn't it but look at the massive step forward you could take by step four I just think it's a remarkable process thank you so much for sharing that with us no wonder you're so well regarded and respected in what you do Claire because your mojo clearly just you know I think it's a, like a cascade effect on the people that talk about you 
I hope so. And my mission is that authentic recruiters change the world. I genuinely believe yeah. this is how we improve the economy. This is how we yeah, improve the political landscape by helping authentic recruiters come further forward. Yeah. That's how we make better placements, make yeah. happier workforces. This is how we grow a kindness, values-led economy oh. that's just going to change everything. So this, this stuff is magic. This this woman right here is my true sister in terms of all the narrative of what you're saying, because I truly believe that we are in a privileged position, whether you're recruiting chefs, lawyers, lorry drivers or recruiters like me, we are taking people on a career journey and we are absolutely essential to the any economy thriving. And it's all about doing it with kindness and compassion and integrity. Let's not forget that as well. And thanks to people like you, Claire, we can do it. I really, truly believe that things are changing so thank you so much for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast it's absolutely my pleasure